and welcome to Misfits on Vinyl. My name is Spencer Stryker. I'm an actor, comedian, and one of your tits. My name is Aaron. Aaron is also <laughs> an actor yeah. and one of the tits. Yeah, I'm going for my best Cosmo Kramer look. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you, you look like uh, George's dad more than Kramer. Thanks. <laughs> you, got, you, got, Thanks. You, got, oh, you got old man Costanza yeah. vibes. Well, I appreciate it. I feel like you're going to teach me about Festivus. I will teach you about Festivus. <laughs> <laughs> it's my holiday. Aaronvis. Aaronvis. Yeah, speaking of holidays, fucking Christmas is coming up. Christmas is coming. You know what's stressful about Christmas as you become older? Hmm. People wanting to see you. It's the worst fucking part of the holiday season. Yeah, I don't really like, I don't like visiting people. I get um, pulled in like, I'm already feeling the pressure. We're getting pulled, me and Sarah are getting pulled in like multiple different directions about what are we going to spend Christmas on this day? What are we doing Christmas Eve? What are we doing on Christmas Day morning? Mm. What are we doing Christmas Day evening? Where are we having Christmas dinner? And now I have a question for you. Uh, are Sarah's parents together? Yes. Okay. So that makes it a little bit easier because at least they're together. So yeah. you guys have two, like, two big ones. Yeah, neither of us are a product of divorce. Yeah, I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was uh, – well, okay, my mom told me recently she was like – like, she told me, like, I always knew I was an accident, but then she was telling me the one time we're sitting there, and she's like, yeah, I cried when I found out I was pregnant with you. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel wanted. You're like, you're like happy tears? She was like, no. No, not happy tears. And I also cried every year of your birthday <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> and it's been 28 wonderful years of that. 28 wonderful years. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. All right, so we are back again at Cax Podcast yep. Bar. Uh Loving it. This is episode two that we're recording here. Um, we got some guests coming up in the next little while. I like that you called it our residency. Our on residency? The, on the fucking podcast description. We're, we're paying to be here. We are paying to be here, yeah. but it is a residency. Yeah, technically. Technically. It's not like we're like a residency in Vegas. It's not no. like we're having our Adele or Katy Perry or Britney Spears moment right now. I do I do like, though, that uh, you picked up on that, because I wasn't sure if anybody actually read that. Yeah, I, I read it. Yeah, and then I, cause I, I copy from that to make the description for the Instagram, and I changed it, because I was like, residency sounds fucking dumb, because we pay money to be here. So it's not like we're getting paid to use their space. No, no. Yeah. And and I think that most people would understand that. They would look at that and go, yeah. oh, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. He's using the wrong word. Yeah, and you are. They, you they are. wouldn't be <laughs> at all judgmental of that because I am an idiot and I use the wrong word frequently. Yeah, well, cue 10 years from now when we have our residency in Vegas. <laughs> our podcast residency in Vegas when we're not operating at a net loss. Yeah. yeah. When, when we have people doing all of the research for us and then we just have to go up yeah. on stage every night and record a new episode. But we drink beers on camera so Revenue Canada can see that when we submit these for our tax purposes that we were in fact uh, needing it for – for um, Socialization. What is the word? Networking. Uh, it's, yeah, it's networking. Networking. <laughs> I, so much of my taxes has been uh, written off due to stuff like that. Nice. Uh, it, it, I don't think that's fraud. No, my my taxes suck. So. Yeah, here's the thing. Your taxes, though, it, it is easier when you've got, like, a, a job, like yeah. one job that you're paying into and everything, yeah. and then you don't get hit at the end of the year, like, during tax season, where they're like, oh, yeah, you got paid 20000 uh, pay us eight. And then you're like, what the fuck? I, I kind of want to go back to making like eleven twenty-five an hour because the taxes I'm paying now are fucking pissing me off. Yeah. yeah. And especially when like you're not really making like an insane amount over like where the line is where you need to be paying. Mm. No, but like, you know what I mean? Like you're not like you're not pulling in a fucking half a mil. No. You know, like you're you're pulling in like slightly over what is considered uh, the one percent here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not making that much money, but it is pissing me off. Yeah, I started this job in June and I paid like almost eight grand in taxes. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> yeah, it's like fucking nearly two grand a month, man. Oh fuck! Yeah, I have to say one thing that really annoys me is now when I get 
uh, gigs where they take taxes off of my pay yeah. because I, I I have my fucking GST number for a reason. Like, Spencer Straker is a registered business. <laughs> like, I will have to pay my taxes at the end of the year. Don't take them out for me because that fucks me over on, like, what I can and cannot write off. Yeah. And then I have to look individually at every single gig and be like, all right, well, did they take taxes off on this or am I having to pay for them? Like, it's just annoying. It makes tax season a bitch. We are now a financial podcast. We're a financial podcast. Yeah. Game stonk. So, uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah. Bitcoin. You, you want to talk about crypto? Hey, you got any crypto? Got any crypto? You want any crypto? I feel like I could have started FDX. I was learning about FDX today. I don't know what FDX is. It was that uh, giant crypto trading company where... They were all like just doing meth and playing League of Legends Ooh. and stealing people's money, like billions of dollars. Ooh. Of money. Yeah, they like bought like the fucking the naming rights to the Staples Center in LA and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty amazing. They had like Tom Brady and uh, Larry David do commercials to, you know, during the Super Bowl like two or three years ago. I actually don't even hate that. that the guy much. just got caught. Yeah, he was like just investing everybody's money. And then when everybody cashed out, he was just paying everybody out with everybody else's money, so Ooh. there was no money left. But yeah, apparently he was just like doing amphetamines and playing League of Legends most of the time. They all lived in like a giant commune house in the Bahamas, and like they all had sex with each other. Yeah, it's like real fascinating. Oh story. fuck, dude. Yeah, and they're like none of them are hot too. So like, if I had a billions of dollars, like at least <laughs> I'd invite hot people to my commune. We're all gonna fuck each other. Like I like you know, all of them were super ugly. I would say yeah. Okay, now here's the thing that I've always wondered about like. Because I've, I've kind of, uh, like, realized I'm attracted to people that are, like, easy to talk to. Yeah. That's a big one for me. Like, if I can uh, laugh Why are you with someone. you like that? I'm not looking, <laughs> at, uh, not looking at you like anything, Aaron. Aaron. Did you get that on camera? <laughs> I, I was not trying to fuck you. You were, like, I, deep in my eyes. I, I did have fuck you eyes. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Because you're not wearing your glasses. <laughs> yeah, because I broke them. Yes. I guess I should probably mention that. I broke my fucking glasses. Uh, I don't know. Like, we mentioned it kind of on the uh, mm. podcast. What exactly I, happened? So, we were rehearsing a scene for Pawagan, uh where I had to turn and run around a, a piece of the set. And, uh, <laughs> and it was on my birthday, too. And I turned to run, and a piece of the set had shifted and fell in, like, right at, like, eye level. And I turned and, like, full sprint just fucking leveled myself on it. Nice. Uh, so I felt pretty dumb. I honestly felt worse that everybody stopped rehearsal to make <laughs> sure that I was okay. But, like, it snapped the frame. The lens popped right out. Luckily, that didn't break. But also, I'm glad I was wearing glasses because otherwise that would have just went right into my eye. And yeah, that you been... were, like, rocking, like, the slap shot look there. Like, yeah. The Hanson brother look. I had the Hanson tape. brother tape. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was not good. Uh, but I ordered two new pairs of glasses. Nice. So I'm going to have a glasses reveal nice. next did episode. Did you order, order Chinese glasses? From I did. Like the Chinese company? I, I yeah. did. You know what? Okay, I got... Glasses Express. I got I got in shit from somebody. Uh, uh, they, like, they asked where I ordered them from, and I told them. And they were like, oh, so it's made by child labor in China? And I was like... You're holding an iPhone. Shut the fuck up. Like, I'm wearing, like, <laughs> almost exclusively Old Navy right now. So, yeah. yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you can't avoid it. I'm sorry. Like, it, No, I've had this conversation before, too. There's there's no real way to avoid using, like, a buying any clothing or anything like that that isn't made in, like, unethical ways. Yeah. Like, good luck. Good. Unless you're, unless you're spending, like thousands of thousands of dollars which in all fairness i generally don't because no. i don't have thousands of dollars to spend no. on the most ethic ethic ethically <laughs> ethically sourced <laughs> things this is my first beer yeah there you go i can't believe i talk like but this. yeah no it's a very difficult thing to overcome i mean why would i spend you know fifteen hundred dollars on one pair of glasses made in montreal when i could spend $50 and get two pairs of glasses made in Beijing. Exactly. Plus, I got all the coating and everything yeah. on them. Yeah, fuck. Those are smudge-proof. Yeah, fuck. They're glare-resistant. Congratulations. They're blue light getting adapted. super excited for this glasses reveal. Dude, they're so sick. I cannot wait. One pair I got because they remind me of my grandpa's glasses. Mm, and nice. I think when I, have my, when I have my Louis Riel look back, it'll look uh, really fucking sick. I remind sick. you of your peepaw. Yeah, my peepaw. Yeah, nice. You remind me of my peepaw. Aw, well, that yeah. made me happy. Uh, I uh, I want to mention this. So I was at my mom's wedding this yes. weekend. Yes, congratulations to your mom. Yeah, congratulations to my mom and Joe. I'm very happy for them. Um, I uh, I did a blessing in Cree. Yes. Uh, to start off the wedding, nailed nailed the uh, nailed the the blessing, 
was very happy about that. But when I was on the way out there, um, I I pulled over in Medicine Hat to tell my parents like where I was uh, where I was at, and they were like, "Oh, make sure that you drive through Burstall and not Richmond." And like, because there's two turnoffs, you can take one that goes through like Richmond and then Fox Valley, and then mm. you head north, or you can take the other one that goes through Burstall and Liebenthal, and then you head north, right? Uh, this is Saskatchewan for people that are wondering. Anyways, uh, I, I was w- wondering. I was like, I was like, okay, why? And they said, uh, because there's a cult in Richmond that has taken over the town, and they're harassing people who drive through it. Interesting. And so I looked this up. This is this is the craziest fucking thing, uh, and and I feel like it is not getting any media attention, but it should because it's kind of funny. Apart from like the scary parts about it. This Filipino lady, uh, who's an immigrant, declared herself the Queen of Canada. Fuck yeah. Uh, and and uh, she got all these uh, uh, nutbags to join her, right? And uh, so she went to Richmond because she got, like, driven out of some city that she was mm-hmm. in. I don't even remember the lady's name. It was Peggy or something. I don't know. Uh, God damn it, Peggy. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but I don't remember what her name was. But she got run out of whatever town she was in before, mm-hmm. and she went to Richmond. And this guy had owned an abandoned school, and so he let her and her cult people, like, take over the school. So she declared him the premier of Saskatchewan. <laughs> and, then, and then, because Richmond is a town of, like, 75 people, they don't have, like, a police force or anything. But uh, this cult put out a hit list that was any RCMP members. They, like, named RCMP members that they wanted killed. And then they also said anybody who, uh, any healthcare professionals who uh, uh, willingly give out the vaccine. And that was literally like the things that they're like, they're, they're all culty about, right? But here's where it gets funny. Here's where it gets funny. So like, it sounds scary right away, yeah, right? I'm, I'm spooked right I'm now. spooked a little bit. Uh, so uh, first off, the, the guy that was now the new premier of Saskatchewan, according to the Queen of Canada, uh, he took a swing at an elderly man that was close to his place and missed, and now he's on assault charges. <laughs> he fucking missed, which is so much funnier. And then he gets arrested, and uh, the cult people are like, why did they arrest him? They kidnapped him. Uh, no, he's in jail. Uh, and then they said that they were going to have some big like function, right? They are going to like have like a, a yeah. call to arms. So the, the Canadian SWAT basically gets brought into this town. So there's like, <laughs> like something like 300 cops, SWAT, all this you know tactical gear and all this stuff, and uh, there's more and more cops coming down, and they're all like really afraid that something might happen. Uh, 30 fucking people showed up. <laughs> 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 like they're failing as a cult so bad, uh. and then uh, the townspeople are just like sick of their shit, so they started throwing antifreeze over the gates to poison her dogs because she's got two dogs because she again she's. She thinks she's the queen. Yeah. So she's got two corgis. <laughs> so the town is trying to poison her fucking dogs. Which, like, I'm not cool with them, like, no, abusing animals. Dogs didn't do nothing. Dogs didn't do nothing. They're, like, they probably don't know anything. Yeah. But, uh, or do they? Or do they? The Story dogs. Got more interesting. Dogs, dogs honestly <laughs> might be the, the secretary of defense. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the whole thing was, like, so fucking funny. And then uh, I was talking to a cop about it uh, at the wedding. Uh, I won't name him because I don't want him to get in trouble or anything. But I was like, I was like, do you think it'd be fine if I went there and like, you know, tried to get into the compound and like interview these people? And he's like, well, they fucking frisk everyone who goes there. Mm. He's like, but they're they're really not dangerous. Like they're they're such a joke of like a cult. Yeah. Like like everybody talked about it like it was gonna be Waco 2.0. And and after talking to this cop, I'm like, I kind of want to make a road trip down there and claim that I'm the king of Alaska and like. You know, see if I can get in and interview the yeah. Queen of Canada. Because I feel like that would be a good video. It would be. That's interesting. I never knew about that. Yeah. It, mm. I, I can't believe it's not getting any news attention. No, it's just like a regular day in Saskatchewan. <laughs> it's just a regular day in Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah. There's like far far more important things happening. <laughs> like a cow escaped from the fucking yeah. yard. Yeah. Dude, they got a riders game to go watch. Yeah, it's true. They... Everybody <laughs> forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> now, if she said she was the queen of like the Rough Riders, then probably someone would have a problem with it. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because uh, uh, the Rough Riders, uh, they're 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 their own thing, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. You okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm trying to quit smoking again. Again, again. 
fuck. I started smoking because I was, I was living with Mitchell Saddleback. Yeah. He smokes all the time. And then I was like, oh, I, I like the way he looks when he smokes. And then yeah. I decided I would smoke. And I was like, I like the way I look when I smoke. Well, cheers to, like, your 12th time attempting to quit. Yeah, 12th time attempting to quit, chewing, chewing snuff again. Nice. Nice. All right, so we're a music podcast. We should probably get into Are our, we? our yeah, music for, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> since when? Since when? Since we since we like really went off the fucking rails at the start yeah, of this so, episode. So this one is interesting because I'm not really. I've listened to both both albums. I'm not sure exactly what you're we're gonna talk about because you have the script. I think we're gonna do both, but Kay. we're gonna do them uh, one at a time. Okay. We're gonna I've start listened, with the most recent. I've listened one. to both, so okay. No. So the the album that we're reviewing uh, to start things off with is Nick Shoulders and the OK Crawdads. All bad. Uh, now before we get into this album, because there's two. I I, I went and saw Nick Shoulders this mm-hmm. summer. I saw him at the Palomino. It was a fucking amazing show. Okay. Um, he puts on. He has so much energy. He's so charismatic. Um, he talks in between his songs, but he talks so fucking fast that you're trying to pay attention to what he's saying, and and it, it like most of it's funny, and uh, he's just he's got so much energy up there. Uh, but he also whistles and yodels throughout all of his songs. Yep. So the lung power on this motherfucker is next level. But uh, Siobhan got me uh, to go to the show. I had heard a few of his songs, but I hadn't like really like dug into him yet. And then uh, it was all sold out, so we went and got tickets at the door, and we got, we were, like, lucky to get in. Mm-hmm. Palomino's packed. Uh, we saw Mama's Broke, which is an Atlantic Canada uh, duo. Uh, they're really, really talented as well, really, really phenomenal musicians. Uh, highly recommend people check them out, too. Um, but uh, Nick Shoulders gets up, and it was, honest to God, I, I don't know if it was an hour and a half or two hours or 45 minutes. It was so captivating, I could not look away from the stage. Nice. Um, and I kept finding different angles to, like, look at the stage. And then it, it clicked in, like, halfway through. I was like, I need to fucking interview these guys for the pod. Like, it mm. was – I knew that you would you would dig the music. Uh, so I, I, I ran over as soon as we were done, and uh, I got to interview uh, Cheech, uh, Cheech Muscane and uh, Grant Dobbin, uh, who uh, – Cheech is the drummer – and Grant is the bass player. Uh, now, forewarning for this interview, I fucking called him Nathan Shoulders the whole goddamn time. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I thought we were doing a podcast on Nathan Shoulders. Who the fuck's this I, guy? Oh, God, I feel so stupid, dude. I, it's okay. I, <clears throat> Last week I had a flub up on the podcast, too. I said that one guy was on the, the Drake track, Knife Talk. Turns out it's another, completely other guy named Pat. Um, so... Just Pat, not plain Pat? No, it was Project Pat. Oh, Project Pat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was the same guy. Yeah. So we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Yeah. We live and learn. I just don't do it to the, you know, the people that know him the best. I, yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> continually say it wrong. And then I hear in the, in the audio as I was listening to it, because it's been a couple of months now, I hear them correct me, and I was so drunk, I just kept fucking going. <laughs> so, my apologies to Nick Shoulders, but Respect. here are those interviews. Hi, this is Spencer from Misfits on Vinyl. I'm here with Cheech from uh, Nathan Shoulders and the OK Crawdads, uh, who just absolutely blew the roof off of the Palomino. How do you feel after that show? That was incredible. It was super fun. It was a super good time. The crowd was super sweet, and yeah, we had a good time playing. It, what I think was really interesting was uh, something that I wanted to point out right away was uh, early in the set, Nathan mentioned that everybody here seemed like they were uh, punk people who became country. Is that something that you notice in yourselves as a band? And also, is that something that you notice in your crowds that have been coming out? Um, yeah, I'd say it's a thing that seems to be kind of a pattern that seems to be popping up. You know, which is kind of fun and, and weird. Yeah, it, it seems like it's something that's like really uh, a commonplace now with artists like Sierra Farrell yeah. and, 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 you know, there's a lot of like really cool drifter country folks that are coming up. Uh, now, my, my last question that I'm going to ask you, 
okay, who is your biggest influence across any music, not just your own instrument? By the way, I should have mentioned earlier, you're a drummer. Uh, and you absolutely killed it. I was, I, I loved at one point, it became very dark and it was very much due to the drums. And I was, I was sitting there and I was like, that's amazing. Like, uh, as somebody who's a fan of multiple music genres. So, uh, who is your biggest influence across any musical genre? Uh, probably Billie Eilish. I really am a big fan. Yeah, so I'm stoked on her stuff and you know, how weird she is and how many different things she kind of puts together in a cool combination of aesthetics and music choices. And yeah, she's probably the one. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, yeah. I really appreciate you giving Thanks me the so time much, of day. Spencer. Thank you. Yeah, you have a good one. Thanks. And I am here with Grant Diabin from Nathan Shoulders and the OK Crawdads, which, by the way, I didn't mention this before. That is an amazing name for a band. <laughs> I, I like that it's not the great Crawdads, it's not the bad Crawdads. It's okay. It's the OK Crawdads. Uh, so what I wanted to ask you is, I really enjoyed the bass that you were playing throughout the entire show. Yeah. How, okay, where? what was your musical upbringing? Were you a country or were you a punk person growing up? Uh, a little bit of both. My my dad plays, and my grandfather, and my mom my mom plays bass. I grew up in a, playing bluegrass in my family. We're a bluegrass family. Every time we get together, we have you know, jam sessions till the wee hours of the morning. Um, so I grew up, and my really I say I play bass because my dad needed a bass player. <laughs> um, and uh, so I've been playing since I was like 10, 10 or 12 years old. Um, and uh, and I ended up going to university for it and uh, ha have a degree in music and uh, just been doing it forever. I don't know any better. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, so two things that I want to bring up on this. Uh, one thing, I grew up in a small town that had a, a, a town band called the Ranchmen, and it seemed like everybody who finished playing, like when they were in their older years, they just gave it to their kid who picked up their instrument. Was it sort of like that, or was your dad, like, from a young age, like, you need to be a bass player? I mean, I, I grew up going watching my dad play at, like, live shows, and so and I thought that was really cool and fun, and we'd go to music festivals, and then... Uh, uh, I, he was like, "Well, if you want to, if you want, you want to play music." It's like, "Yeah, duh." It's like, "Well, if you want to have a lot of gigs, you, you should play the bass. Everybody always needs a good bass player." And uh, so, yeah, that was. And then my dad plays mandolin, and actually, you know, handing the instrument that is actually my dad's mandolin that I played today. Really? Yeah. Uh, it, which was the, my mom's wedding gift to my dad uh, was that mandolin. So that's a very special heirloom instrument. But. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's it's a little bit. I mean, you know, it was a little bit of both. I kind of, I guess, in like teenage years, resented uh, being forced, quote unquote, to play music sometimes. Uh, but as I got older, I realized, oh yeah, shit, that's what I'm supposed to, supposed to be doing. So <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So yeah. when you went to university, what was the instrument that you played, and also? What was it like going into a university program after growing up in a musical environment? Yeah, I uh, I definitely had a one-up on some folks just because of, of like ear training, just learning learning to play by ear from a young age from my dad, and then uh, and then it, I was playing the upright bass uh, in the symphony and in the the jazz big band uh, and in the wind symphony as well at the University of Arkansas, and uh, I I think mostly out of that was really refining like rehearsal rehearsal skills and, and how to make a band or a group of people playing together really tight. That's amazing. Well, yeah, I, I, I know that feeling where it's like you got to make it tight because yeah. uh, I'm a stand-up comic and nothing's ever tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to say thank you so yeah. much. That was an amazing show. Thank you very much. Have a great night yeah. and enjoy the rest of the time that you're in Calgary. Well, yeah. We'll see you later. Awesome. Thank, thank you so you. much. Wow, wasn't that a great piece of uh, media? Yeah, man, you weren't drunk at all. I wasn't drunk at all. I've never I, even heard it. I yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> it, really? No. I thought I said it in the group chat. Yeah, I probably didn't listen. to Oh, it. that's fair. Yeah. Uh, there was two things I wanted to point out because I, I listened to it again today. Uh, one, uh, it was interesting because Nick Shoulders had pointed it out on stage, and and both of them, I asked them the question about this, but like. Right now, you see a big crossover from people who are punk becoming country. Yes. And I think it's because country is the new punk. Like, there's there's so many... Uh, we've talked about it before with the OCEU, yeah. you know, the Outlaw Country Extended Universe. Well, he's like, he's like in this weird spot. He's like 
prog rock of country music. He's like mm. progressive country music, but he's doing like honky tonk, old school country in like a progressive new way compared to like some of the no- the sounds on this new album. Like one of them sounded like it was like Australian outback. Like, yeah, like didgeridoos in the background. That man. was uh, uh, Arkansas yes. Trouble or Travel, yes. right? Yeah, trouble. And trouble. And uh, that song, he's playing the uh, mouth jaw or mouth bow, bow, I think it's called. But it's it's an Arkansas instrument, but yeah. it sounds like a didgeridoo. Sound like a fucking outback song. Yeah, like, I was expecting fucking Steve Irwin to pop out and yeah. be wrangling a fucking crocodile. Yeah, like, ah, honestly, fuck honestly, me hot, <laughs> <laughs> fucking stingray, <laughs> crikey. That's his last words. Fucking sting cunt, stun <laughs> me. Fucking <laughs> sting cunt, stun me. <laughs> <laughs> that was his final words. Swear to God. Swear to God. Uh, actually, a big fan of the crocodile hunt. I am too. Yeah, he, yeah. he made me want to go pick up. Animals when yeah, I was a kid. You made me want to wrestle animals yeah. when I was a child. Crikey! Uh, that gate is feisty. <laughs> I like. I had a dream from the first time I saw him, and that dream was to fucking put an alligator in a headlock and give it a noogie. <laughs> Haven't accomplished it yet, but I want to. You know what? When we do Misfits on Louisiana, yeah. we'll do it. We, yeah. we should go to fucking Mardi Gras or something. Yeah, fuck. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> we could just walk around with a Zoom mic. Apparently everything smells like piss in New Orleans. Yeah. That's the it, rumor I've heard. It, I've heard that, too. I think it's because it's below sea level. <laughs> so they have nowhere to like really pump their sewage. Toronto smelled like piss. New York smelled like piss, but... It's like a big, big city thing, but I don't know. Yeah, and Louisiana's what, like 500,000 people or something? I don't know what's in uh, New Orleans. I don't think it's a massive population. No. Yeah, apparently it smells like piss. My parents went there, and they said it smelled like piss. Siobhan was just there this past winter. Uh, She did not say it smelled like piss. She didn't comment on the smells. She didn't comment on the smells. She just commented on the fact that their Uber driver had a gun on the passenger seat. And he was, like, listening to Joe Rogan in the the vehicle and whatnot. But she was talking about it, and I was like, well, I'm not afraid of the gun I can see. I'm afraid of the guy who's going to have a gun that I can't see. That's the guy who I'm, you know, afraid of. I, I don't think you're Uber. I'd be, down, I'd be down to go down there and sniff piss and get mugged. Yeah, I'd be, be down for that. <laughs> sniff piss and get mugged. Yeah, because somebody else. New might... Orleans, sniff piss and get mugged. Because <laughs> somebody else might. Uh, I can't remember who was telling this story. I, I don't know who it was, but they someone they knew went to New Orleans and they, he literally got mugged twice. <laughs> and he was there for like a week. Fuck. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, so. You know, I'd be down. So we're a fanny pack. I'd be down. You can get mugged anywhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. First album. <laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> First album we're talking about is uh, uh, Nick Shoulder's newest album. It's called All Bad. It was released on September 8th of 2023. It was recorded at Mashed Potato Studios in Louisiana, New Orleans, Louisiana. There we go. What we just talked about. And at Homestead Recording in Fayetteville, Arkansas, which Fayetteville, is Arkansas. where uh, Nick Shoulders originates from. Nice. Um he really originates from Little Rock? He does not originate from Little Rock. Oh, you know who does? Who does? A famous saxophonist. Uh, oh, no. Should I know them? Yeah, you should know them. Uh, Jerry Rafferty? No, they take a lot of um, flights on airplanes with very questionable people. Oh, Bill Clinton. Yeah. Uh, famous sa- <laughs> Fuck you. That was, a, that was a trick question. I'm pretty sure he's from Little Rock. Yeah. Well, he's always looking for little rocks. <laughs> that's the current president's son. That's a whole different, that's a whole different ball game. Oh, uh, dude, touche, touche. Uh, okay, so this album is an alt and prog uh, country yes. album. Uh, it's also got a little bit of traditional folk, as we just talked about. Uh, it was released by Garhole Records, uh, like I said, September 8th, 2023. Now, the uh, recording people on this album... There was Grant Diabin on the bass and harmonies. They had uh, Cheech Muscane on drums, harmonies. And uh, then Jack Stutter was the lead guitarist. And Nick Shoulders did acoustic guitar, mouth bow, whistles, and singing. They all have fucking cool names. They all have really cool yeah, names. Yeah, fuck yeah. Like, even Grant's got a cool name. Oh, dude, and they're all really cool people, too. Yeah, yeah fucking, they all got cool names. Like it's Grant, crazy, too, that Cheech. Grant only became a bassist because his dad was like, if you become a bassist, you'll always have work. 
And nice. now he's in one of the best touring acts going right now. Recession proof. Recession proof. <laughs> by uh, the bass. <laughs> so cover art was actually done by Nick Shoulders himself. Yes, uh, like, uh, like the like the other album. Like the other album, uh, he's done. Uh, he's actually a pretty phenomenal artist. He does a lot of murals all over the place. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of uh, art in his hometown, uh, and he seems to be really happy in his hometown. He seems to like really excel there. Nice. Seems to be where he's uh, happiest. I uh, that. Other photography was done by Joseph Wyman. Uh, it was engineered by Ross Farb, co-engineered by Sam Doors and Eric Withens, and it was mastered by Timothy Stolenwork at Stephonic Stereophonic <laughs> Recordings. Stephonic Stereophonic that's, Stolenwork. That's like, a, that's like a tough name to be in. That's a artistic business. Yeah, Just, you know, Stolenwork. What's your last name, Mister Stolenwork? Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. uh, it it. it Who'd you get that done by? Yeah, stolen work. Yeah, okay, like, so whose work was it? <laughs> it like reminds me of like, you know, it would be like that'd be a name of like a record producer in a movie from like the nineteen thirties. Yeah, like, ah, Mister Stolen Work. <laughs> Come here, record a record with me, son. <laughs> it's not Colonel Tom Parker. <laughs> and then the, then the boys from Brother were out there get on there. Ah, I am a man of Constance. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> We got a radio hit. <laughs> it sounds like somebody who would have had uh, uh, minorities write down songs and yes. then have them re-recorded by like, white people. Like Hesh in The Sopranos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm well, just hitting every reference. Today. Hitting every yeah. reference, man. I actually I saw Hesh uh, in uh, uh, an old Law & Order episode, and the same episode that he was in, Janice from The Sopranos was also nice. in. It was very weird. Did I saw she have the, the tattoo? That's fake, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't check. Yeah. I wasn't looking... I like that, like, recently, like, we've been Sopranos fans for a long time. We're ahead of the curve. We're ahead of the curve. Recently, Sopranos has had, like, a big resurgence, and I've seen, like, a bunch of videos about people doing, like, Soprano-themed Halloween uh, parties, and everybody was Chrissy with the neck brace on, and yeah. Oh, fuck. Dude, you should go as, uh, you should go as, uh, uh, who would you go as for Halloween from the Sopranos? I would go as Tony. Tony? Of course, man. Yeah, yeah. It's the best, yeah. I got some Tony Soprano swag in my closet too. I could probably rock. Uh, yeah, you know, I could do some Tony looks. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. I, I think I'd go with Silvio. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd be Silvio. Big pussy. <laughs> uh, anyways, anyways, I'm, I'm I'm on my distraction mode. It's like so, old times. So, uh, uh, Toast First was written by Chris Aker. Uh, Blue Endless Highway was written by Jim Cheatham. Mm-hmm. Cheatham. Mm-hmm. Cheatham. Might be Cheatham. 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 And all the other songs were written by Nick Shoulders himself. Nice. Um, now I'm going to skip ahead because uh, I think what I'll do is we'll we'll do all of All Bad and then we'll do all of OK Crawdads and then we'll do About the Artist. Nice. I just want to pull up one thing. I was just getting the name for this one. But Whooped, If You Will, is a fucking amazing song. That is an amazing song. song. Yeah, it's like I've only, like, I only listened to this album this week, so getting all the names down is hard, but that fucking song rules. Oh, my God. And The yodeling in the that? The yodeling is next level. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm moving on to the reception, then we'll do no- notable tracks, and then we'll review this one, and then we'll go to the next one, do the same, and then we'll end it with About the Artist. Does that make sense? Okay. So, uh, reception for All Bad, SavingCountryMusic.com gave it an 8.1 out of 10. And Trigger, uh, the writer, said, Sure, all of that talent is great, but what makes Nick Shoulder so valuable to his audience is that he can match those skills with original songs that showcase his soaring and varied talents instead of wasting them on tripe or acrobatic vocal performances just to wow a crowd. Nick Shoulders has something to say and the capacity to convey it through his songwriting. He later went on to say, Nick Shoulders is like no other. We have Tyler Childers and Zach Bryan doppelgangers coming out of our ears and signing major label deals left and right. But the future of Nick Shoulders is secure because nobody can do what he does. He's a national treasure and a talent to behold. Nice. Well, we were talking about this before. Seems to be talking about a lot of country music on episodes that aren't country related. But, like, there is this resurgence now of, like, the singer-songwriter. Yeah. This is where we originally got into the discussion about what's outlaw country, right? Because there's, like, the Tyler Childers... And Zach Bryan, all these new guys that are coming out that are doing this differently than the bro country, right? Yeah. But I think Nick Shoulders is a whole different category. I think they nailed it. It's a whole different category. Yeah. It's, you know, much more unique. 
Um, even though what those guys are doing is unique in the sense of country music as a whole, what he's doing is completely different. It's yeah. so different, and, and it's kind of, it is refreshing. It's yes. refreshing to see somebody come on and not just be an amazing singer-songwriter, but to bring something new to the table and to have a very distinct voice. What I think that he does really well is he encapsulates this, like, millennial mindset and applies it to uh, this small-town feel, you know? That's uh, one thing that I thought was really uh, impressive about it is how progressive his lyrics are because you see a lot of people that sound like this and look like him that say horrendous shit. And uh, that's one thing that really drew me to him as a performer was just listening to his lyrics and being like, fuck yeah, I'm glad that we have this nowadays because country was always about... Uh, speaking from, like from the voice of the downtrodden or mm-hmm. uplifting the downtrodden, yep. and so much of mainstream country is just like you're raw, raw America, and mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't need to be God's that. country, God's country. <laughs> but uh, the try guy- that in a small town. <laughs> it's like you know what, Jason Aldean, try going to a small town yeah. and talking to fucking anyone. Yeah, please do that. Um, you will feel dumber than you already are. Yeah, no, no. It's like, um, you know, I would uh, compare a lot of those guys to, like, Lamley's Western wear Yeah, here in Calgary. A lot of those guys are buy their Western stuff for the stampede, and that's about it. Also, anybody with a cowboy hat like Jason Aldean's that walks into a small town yeah. gets the shit beat out of them. Like, it's just, it's... It, yeah, it, I it's, have no, like, I have no illusions about myself, personally. I'm not a country person. Yeah, yeah. But I enjoy, I enjoy the music. I enjoy the... The country culture of country music. Yeah. This sort of country music. Um, I like yeah. a good honky-tonk. Yeah, but like that, uh, yeah, Jason Aldean is so funny. That video is so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> pretty, yeah, he brought it up. It just made me laugh. It's yeah. so funny, too, because like I made a video making fun of him, and uh, it, I, I had to take it down because uh, I was getting fucking death threats <laughs> online, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious to me because I'm like, first of all, uh, unlike Jason, I did grow up in a small town, and I hold none of his views, so yeah. I feel like I can make these comments. Uh, anyways, uh, Rachel Klost of No Depression said, Shoulders slowly tweaks our noses by overlaying traditional country sounds with sly parodies. On hook, line, and sinker, he declares himself to be a largemouth bass turd, yeah. and then pokes fun at reverend country songs with titles like Mama Tried, about the ills of doom scrolling, and won't fence us in. But... Shoulders never even approaches parody or camp at all on All Bad. His own reverence for classic country is as deadly earnest as his lyrics. She went on to say, country music needs to have substance and offend the mighty, not the downtrodden, to just do that. And, uh, yeah, I I feel like I I agree with that. I I think that what's funny is he can be funny without being ridiculous. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up, too. It's also like a... Not that, like, in content it's, like, uplifting or funny. It's not particularly, like, you know, the opposite either. But the album is fun to listen to. It's so fun. Like, the tracks are fun to listen to. It's, uh, you know, it's not like some of the, like, you know, some of the other country music we were mentioning where it's very coming from the heart. It's very downbeat, singer songwriting, very, you know, emotional. Yeah. It's not really like that. Um, it's fun to listen to, even though the lyric does the lyrics do have content too. Oh yeah. But it's just a it's a good time to listen to. It's right? a good time. And yeah. you know what else it reminds me of? This is something that uh I, I noticed right away is like it reminds me of Dwight Yoakam in a lot of ways in 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 his like presentation and his just like joy with his fucking music even when he is t- t- singing about serious shit. Yeah. Um uh the last uh review that I have uh they gave a 6 out of 10 on Holler and Ross Jones said where the album does feel prolonged in places it's pleasant encompassing musicianship and shoulders knack for the uh exuberant melody goes some way in justifying a lack of variety. While he's adamant in pointing out the shit in the world, he's determined to offer some element of levity. After all, it's not all bad. I do agree with them that this album, I think compared to a lot of his other albums, does sound very similar across the whole thing. But... I would also say that's not necessarily a bad thing because I can tune, I can, I could go to a party, throw any of these songs on the rotation, mm-hmm. and I don't think people would give a fuck, you know? No, and I think some of it is too is like we've talked about this with other artists too, where there isn't a progression, and sometimes we knock it on certain things. Um, but I think it's really case by case. Like he's a small artist too, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we we had this conversation when we did the Strokes. Like when we first talked about. Some of the first albums the Strokes did, there was a big knock on them, 
about their second album sounds so similar to their first album. Mm-hmm. Like, is this it sounds the same as Reptilia or whatever it was. Um, so that was like a big knock on them, and they got a bunch of heat from that from not not particularly us, but everybody at the time was giving them heat. doesn't sound different, but it's not always a bad thing. No. No, like, if you can do something really well... Why not keep doing it? And 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 that's the thing is I feel like I feel like he still has evolved album to album, mm-hmm. and and uh, there's there is there is quite a bit of variety if you listen to something like Rather Low. Yeah. You hear that song, and then you hear anything from this album, and you're like, oh, that's that's a little different. And it's not like his particular genre of music is overly saturated either. Mm-hmm. Where like the garage rock scene, once the Strokes hit the scene. It became very much so saturated with other bands trying to be the Strokes. Yeah. Right. So it's not like it's a similar situation. He's still a small-time artist. He's in a genre that's not, you know, all-encompassing or popular um, compared to other styles of country music, even. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's an interesting comment by that guy, but I don't think it makes much of a difference. No, and I I also think the the six out of ten is a little odd yeah. in my opinion personally. I, I as as a music aficionado. 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 I think that statement is fucking dumb. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, notable tracks on All Bad. We had All Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whipped If You Do, like you said. Uh, Won't Fence Us In, which is one of my favorite ones because uh, it's it's uh, it's a continuation of a Gene Autry track, which I think is is uh, like a spiritual continuation, uh, which I really enjoy. Blue Endless Highway is a fucking great one to be listening to if you're driving down a backcountry road. It's amazing. Uh, hook, line, and sinker. I loved how clever the lyrics yeah. were. I was I was having fun with that. Mm-hmm. I was listening to that in the car in uh, Yellowknife when we were on tour, and it was funny because it was like me, Renalta Arluk, and uh, Aaron Wells uh, sitting in the car there, and uh, when that song came on, we were all fucking laughing. We were having a good time, and I was like, it's amazing that mm-hmm. you can do that. You can fucking make people yeah. have so much joy just from something silly. Uh, and one track that I really wanted to point out is the uh, the opening track on the album, Horse Whisper. Yeah. I like that it's just basically whistling with a few minor instruments added in, but like they're not the focus. The whistle is the mm-hmm. focus. It had um, that gave me like a similar vibe to like an Orville Peck sort of track. Yeah, that's like as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, this reminds me so much of like Orville Peck. When it came on, yeah. Great oh, song, too. It's That's such a good song. song. Yeah. All right, so do we want to review this one now? Yeah, let's review it. All right, so uh, every uh, every episode we review on technical, musical, lyrical, album art, reception, and does it hold up. Now, when it comes to technical, uh, it, it what I would say about all of his albums is they sound very similar in terms of uh, like the crispness of, of uh, you know, instruments are, are layered, I think, pretty appropriately. Um, I think that there's... Sometimes where the lyrics, you can get lost in them a little bit, but it's not like it's the end of the world because you can always pick it back up again in the chorus. So technically, I'd probably go a 7.5 out of 10 on this album. I'm going to come in at a 7, I think. 7? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so 7.25. Musically, though, I'm going higher on this one. I would, too, just because some of the unique sounds we brought up. Like, oh. he's he's It is progressive country, but he's also doing it with like traditional instruments that yeah. don't make appearances in country music anymore. So I don't know, man. I, I'm gonna go an eight on it, I think. I, I'd I'd go I'd go an eight point two five personally. Nice. So nice. we're we're at a seven point five right now. Uh lyrically lyrically I think he's a uh pre- like his own songs are amazing. The ones that he's covering are, yeah. are good too. Or the ones that were written by other people. But if we were looking at, at just his lyrics, uh Hook Lion and Sinker again, I'm putting that one above and beyond because it's it's silly and fun and and i like it and uh fuck you i like it i'm going at a nine there was one lyric that <laughs> stuck out to me i can't remember it verbatim but he was you know comparing being in a, your hometown to like living in a cage mm. i don't know what track it's off of but it it, it it stuck with me for some reason so i don't know i i'm gonna go with uh like a seven and a half i think seven and a half yeah. all right so we're at we're at like an eight right now uh album art i would i would go both of his album arts, I'm gonna probably rate the same. No, I I, I think that it's pretty cool. It it reminds me of like, uh, you know, in the '90s when there was like the grungy like uh, uh, cartoons and yes. shit, and they would fuck around with it. It reminds me of that so much, and and I I just love that style. I like that he actually did his own album art. Yeah, I appreciate that he's doing it himself. Yeah. Um, what are you rating it for? I'm I'm going with an eight. Nice. I'm gonna go for a seven on it. You're going for a seven. Yeah. All right, we're at a seven point seven five reception. Uh, it's been received well by people that are uh, actually listening to a lot of country music. 
Um, the, the one review that was a bit of a dud, I felt like that was an outlier. And I think, you know, we can't really compare commercial success on this because he's not at a level of, like, mm-hmm. Tyler Childers or or uh, even Coulter Wall, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, if he's getting, like, high praise from, like, a website called, like, Save Country Music or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, it's uh, probably in good hands. I think, uh, I think I, I'm think i going to go a 7.5 for reception on it. 7.5? Yeah. I'd, I'd come at you with that, too. So we're, we're at a 7.75. Does it hold up? I'd say as yeah, of right now. Yeah. yeah, it certainly does. Uh, yeah. All right, so now let's get into the second album, which is uh, OK Crawdad. It was released December 19th, 2019 through Garhole Records. It was his second release, but his first full-length album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should have mentioned before, All Bad was his fourth full-length album. Nice. Um, so there's one in between there. Yeah, there's uh, 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 two in between there. Two in between there. Uh, there's Home on the Rage, and there's one other one. Fuck, I forget what it was called. That's okay. Um, uh, coined the genre progressive country uh, with this album. Uh, he has he is yodeling, whistling, hints of bluegrass, honky tonk, and Cajun flair. It's a tight thirty-five minute runtime. Nice. Um, songs rather low and too old to dream have millions of streams online. Uh, recorded and mixed by Ross Farb in May of 2019. Uh, mastered by Timothy Stolenwork again. He's working with a lot of the same Timothy! people. Timothy. Timothy. Uh, album art and all songs were done by Nick Shoulders, except Ding Dong Daddy, which is a public domain song, and Surf de Mardi Gras, which is a traditional fiddle tune arranged for guitar by Cass. Uh, the band was uh, Grant Diabin on the uh, uh, bass and the mandolin. Also, fun fact, his mandolin that he plays was his dad's mandolin. Nice. That was a gift, a wedding gift from his uh, m- uh, mother to his dad. Oh. Yeah. That's um, a fun fact, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I thought that was a cool one. Uh, Chelsea Muscane was on the drums. Uh, Cass P. Ian was the lead guitar, and Nick Shoulders singing, strumming, and whistling. Now, uh, this one, there was a few more uh, reviews for it, but it was it was odd. So Trigger from Saving Country Music gave it an 8.5 out of 10, mm-hmm. so higher than his, his newest one. He said, uh, we love to talk about vocalists who could sing the phone book, but it's often a serious challenge for gifted singers to either find or craft the right songs to complement their abilities. Penning all 12 of the OK Crawdad tracks except the public domain offering Ding Dong Daddy, Nick Shoulders not only rises to the challenge of doing his vocal attributes justice, his songwriting is another top resume point steeped in uh, an understanding of the classic modes of country and roots, but still willing to add to a little modernization uh, and express himself. He's confident, but never takes himself too serious. He's quirky, but never to a point where you lose touch. I think that's pretty accurate. Yep. Break Your Music, the album sits at a 3.6 out of 5 from 94 ratings. Uh, and Album of the Year users gave it an aggregate score of 82. Nice. Uh, so I thought that was pretty good. So two aggregate scores there. Two aggregate scores. Oh, nice. um, when it comes to notable tracks on this one, we had G for Jesus, Too Old to Dream, Rather Low, Honey Let's Stay in, Ding Dong Daddy, and Mississippi. I thought those were all great tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you probably haven't listened to them since we... Uh, I listened to Rather Low. Uh, that's in my rotation. Yeah. Still from when we... When we... Yeah. Were originally listened to. Originally listened to. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that one I think is maybe my favorite song of his. Yeah, I, I quite enjoy it. But wait, we talked about this last time. I don't know. It's we, t- we mentioned it too about the first album. But the way his voice sh- shines, like with the yodeling and all that oh. sort of stuff, it's incredible. It's beautiful. And it doesn't come off in like a way where it's fucking like usually yodeling pisses me the fuck off. <laughs> it doesn't really piss me off. Well, it's done, it's done tastefully. It's done tastefully and it's done genuinely, yes. which I think makes a huge difference because there's a there's a country artist originally from Calgary who I got beef with. Yes, uh, it, I remember. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to say their I'm name. Not going to name names. Not going to name names, but <laughs> What really annoys me about this person is they appropriate the Southern culture, which is something that I'm going to bring up when we talk about Nick. He doesn't like it when people are fucking, you know, doing something that is not genuine to them. Yeah, we talked about this, too. This is bringing up that conversation we talked about originally. Is like, why are there Canadian or Alberta country artists that are using Southern accents? Yeah. It makes no sense. I don't need you to go up and say, hey, y'all, how y'all doing tonight? Yeah. Like, ugh, stop it. It's a weird thing that goes on with it. Yeah, because this is bringing back to literally the conversation we had. But, yeah, it's a weird trend that happens. It's like, you know, somebody's from, like, Pennsylvania or they're, like, you know – they're from like New York. Yeah, they're singing country, but suddenly they you know, Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Yeah, they talk like they're from you know the South. Yeah, yeah. They're like a good old boy from Mississippi. Nah, no, no. And 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 it's annoying because it's it it. 
I, I feel like most of the time I would be interested in hearing these singers speak, like sing in their genuine yes. self because what they're writing about usually is pretty interesting to begin with. Yeah, it's like I don't think there's uh, there's that weird stranglehold on the market. Like, I think I remember bringing up the example of Taylor Swift. She was quite young when this happened, but mm-hmm. like she's from Pennsylvania, and when she first started, she was like 16 or whatever. But she was using a Southern accent. Yeah, yeah. So when I hear Tim McGraw, yep, same sort of thing. Like, not to knock her. I mean, she's she was like 16 at the yeah. time. She had probably people in her ear telling her to sing that way. But there's a lot of artists. That do that. They try oh, yeah. To, you know, sound a certain way or mold their voice a certain way. It's, you know, I'd rather hear a unique voice than one that sounds like any other one, you know? Yeah, and, and, and I feel like the, the artist that I, I really got annoyed with from Calgary, the thing was is it was so far removed from, like, who they were as yes. a person. Like, their entire persona was, like, uh, you know, bluegrass and yodeling and, oh, I'm a southern bale. And then you're, like... Yeah, but you went to art school in Calgary. Your dad owns an oil company. Shut the fuck up. Like, you don't, you didn't have the, the struggle. Yeah. Don't tell me that hillbilly is an offensive term. Yeah. You don't know any. Like, you, you can't it's, fucking it's jump weird, in that. It's a weird thing, but that happens across, like, all genres of music. I mean, like, when rock music was, like, the the British invasion, everybody wanted to sound British. And oh, yeah. Came back in the 90s with bands like Oasis. Everybody was trying to sound like Oasis, you know? So it happens. It go through these weird trends in music but it happens a lot in country music where everybody wants to sound like they're southern right? which so. it, it's odd yeah it's odd all right so let's let's rate this album uh as well yeah. and then we'll go into the about the artist so uh technical musical lyrical album art reception does it hold up technically i would give it the same i'd say a 7.5 yeah i'm gonna go a little bit off of this one off your range this is not as fresh for me mm-hmm. as the new one is so i'm gonna go a seven on it go a seven uh yeah. musically uh, again, I'm going to go higher, but I'm actually going to go higher than the last album. I'm going to say an 8.5. Yeah, I'll go an 8. An 8? All right. So we're at an 8 right now, I believe. Um, uh, lyric, uh, lyrics on this album I thought were really good. Um, uh, sp- uh, specifically, Too Old to Dream and Rather Low really yeah. stood out to me. Rather Low is a beautiful song, man. It's such yeah. a beautiful song. Like, that found its way into my rotation. Every time it comes on, I just, like, it's never a skip. No, no. No, never a skip. Uh, oh. There's very few of his songs that are a skip yeah. to me, you know? Uh, I Yeah, so lyrically, I, or, or we're on music, right? Yeah, we're on music. Oh, no, we're on lyrics now. Yeah, yeah right. we are on lyrics. Fuck. Wow, I can't believe I missed that. Hey, what's our aggregate score right now? Uh, we're at an 8. <laughs> we're at an 8 because I, I went 8.5, you went 8.25, uh, yeah, and then it was 7. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> lyrics, I'll go. Lyrics, I'm going to go straight across at an 8. Nice. I'm going to go 7.5. 7.5? All right, so we're at a 7.75. Album art, I'm going to go the same as last time, giving it a 9. No, I'm going to uh, go an 8 on it. An 8? All right. So we're at an 8.25 reception. It's pretty well received. I would say, like, you know, the, the aggregate scores amongst users mm-hmm. uh, put it at, like, a 75%. So I would probably go at a 7.5. Yeah, I'm going to go a 7. Go a 7? All right. Yeah. So we're at a 7.5 right just now. Keep, Does it hold Nathan, up? Nathan humble. Nathan, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> I'm never going to live that down. You know what? I really hope that he doesn't listen to this and, and, and like, uh, know that I accidentally called him Nathan for a whole night. That it's felt okay. You were drunk. I was drunk. It's okay. I was still also a little make, high. I'm still going to make fun of you. I know. Yeah. I deserve uh, it. Does it hold up? Yeah, it holds up. All right. So uh, <laughs> we're on a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, nice. All right, sweet. Now let's get into the about the artist. Uh, this, uh, it was a lot easier to find stuff about him uh, like going through it. So... Born in 1989 in Little Rock, Arkansas, Nick Shoulders is the lead of the band OK Crawdads. He's a country singer-songwriter from Fayetteville, uh, Arkansas. I almost said Louisiana. Um, After achieving local success with his punk band Thunder Lizards in the early 2010s and playing harmonica and banjo with Sean James and the Shapeshifters, in 2017, he began releasing country music as a solo artist. His solo work has reached a much wider audience, beginning with Rather Low, which got huge on YouTube. Yep. That was that was the first thing of his that blew up, and it really put him in a different you know playing field from where he was at before. Um, he's been praised for his distinctive vocal style, and we've really spent the whole fucking hour talking about his vocal yes, style. Yes, mostly, yeah. That's kind of the most unique part about his, his act. Right? Yeah. So. 
Um, but in addition to his music, he's also a really phenomenal illustrator, as we've mentioned with his album art, but he attended the Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design in Denver, Colorado. Now, I found a uh, I found an interview with him from uh, back in the day, and I think this is the most like 2010s interview ever. Yes, yeah, it's I remember so this. funny. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was about the band Thunder Lizards. Uh, why did Thunder Lizards happen? Please be specific. And he said, it's been in the making for about five years. I played drums in a metalcore band in high school that did a little regional touring and recording. We broke up right before I moved to Denver for school back in 2007. It was awesome being involved in music that young. Having your parents drive the van to shows out of state was hysterical. But by the time that was all said and done, I was really fed up and uh, with the type of music I was playing and the stuff I was listening to. So in Colorado, I got bored and homesick and taught myself to play the banjo and harmonica and tried to figure out rock and roll from the ground up by immersing myself in the music that created it. Eventually, I ended up in, uh, back in Fayetteville, and about a year and a half ago, I wised up and bought a guitar. I couldn't figure out how to play it like everyone else, so I put it in an open tuning like a banjo and just played slide guitar, which is pretty fucking cool that he would mm-hmm. just figure that out and you know fuck around with it. Um, some people were surprised to learn that I actually didn't know how to play guitar. I just fake it. I was doing a, a one-man band deal for a while where I would play the drums with my feet and guitar at the same time. Fun fact, uh, uh, Howlin' Peter Com- uh, Cormier uh, from Peter and the Wolves here in town, mm-hmm. he fucking plays piano, does the drums, and sings at the same time. Interesting. It's fucking wild to watch. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and uh, uh, his uh, partner, Megs, uh, does, uh, she's the lead singer of uh, La Omelette. Uh, and uh, uh, we should have them on the podcast sometime because they're super fucking talented. But she'll do saxophone at the, uh, and then also sing. So, like, their, their whole, like, the way that they perform is pretty impressive. It's like the dude from Mumford and Sons. Yeah. He drums, plays the bass drum, he plays guitar, and he sings at the same time. God, that's fucking hard. Too bad they don't make better music now. I know. They used to make really good music, and then... I heard that was the best concert that uh, 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 Siobhan's dad ever went to. Yeah? And he said that it was phenomenal. I used to be a massive fan. They did the theme song for Ted Lasso, too, which is... Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's Mumford and Sons, yeah. Oh, shit. I've never actually watched Ted Lasso. Great show. I've heard it's a phenomenal yeah, show. It's an amazing show. Gotta, I, I should watch it to support my friend Juno. It is literally the most wholesome, like, non-problematic TV Really? Yeah, it's literally like feel-good television. Even though they're talking about, sometimes they're talking about difficult topics, it, it always makes you feel good when you're watching it. Wow. And it's not in a corny way. You oh, know, I shit. fully recommend, like, you could watch it with your 90-year-old nan, or you could watch it with your 8-year-old kid. It's really, like, uh, yeah, great show. Wow, yeah, okay. Great show. I'll, uh, I'll definitely check that out. I feel similarly about Afterlife as well. I need to watch that show. Uh, that's the Ricky Gervais yeah. one, right? Yeah. Okay, so after dropping out of college, Nick ended up in New Orleans where he played in Honky Tonks five nights a week and planned his own tours where he would live out of his van. He said that his grandfather was a big influence because he was also a singer, and he often sings about various historical events, but in a way that is true to the history without rewriting, while also having a gaze of current perspectives. Which I really appreciate that about that because I think that one thing that I don't like is... See, people try to rewrite history, but I don't think you need to rewrite it. You just have to put it in the most honest of terms, you know? Um, So, uh, fun fact about his artwork. uh, It has been notably featured on beer cans at the Fossil Cove Brewing Company in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And he has also created additional mural instrument uh, installations in Fayetteville at the Smoke and Barrel Tavern and the Little Bread Company. I feel like we should just go to Fayetteville. Yeah. I'd be down. Fuck New Orleans. Fuck New Orleans. Uh, Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> in Arkansas. Uh, Shoulders has been outspoken in uh, criticizing the fake twang, the imitation of accent by musicians who are not from the South, and he considers this uh, practice symptomatic of the cr- close association between mainstream country music, whiteness, and conservatism in the U.S., uh, I would agree with that. I think that there's a lot of it that comes down to people won't take me serious. I even saw it at, uh, I was on film one time and the fucking head wrangler, uh, was from Cochrane, yet he talked like this. And I'm like, dude, you've lived in Cochrane your whole life. You don't need to talk like this to make me think that you will know horses. Like, yeah, talk like your regular self. Talk like your regular fucking self. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, the last two things about him, he's toured with, uh, Sierra Farrell. Another nice. one of my heavy rotation favorites. Uh, and he played Stagecoach. And recently, he's announced that he's taking a break from touring uh, because his voice is bad and he's incredibly sick. 
Now, this has been something that I think has been ongoing because when uh, I came up to him that night at the Palomino, I asked for an interview, and he was like, no, like, I can't. I'm trying to save my voice. And so I think that it's it's maybe been an ongoing thing. Mm. So I really hope that he is okay because I want to see him touring again. I want to go to another show and uh, watch him sing because, uh, dude, next show that he comes to town, yeah, we're, we're going fucking together. going. We're going like, together. Thank, thank God you didn't interview him, though, and you're like, hey, Nathan. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, he would have fucking died. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, man, that was awesome. Thank you for introducing me to, to Nick and... Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying the music. I like this new album, I think, more than I like the first album we listened to. Yeah, I, I, I think, like, I, I quite love both of them. Yeah. I, I quite like both of them. I, it's a fun little... I like doing artists that are a little bit smaller time. Yeah. It's fun sometimes hitting the big ones, but every once in a while it's nice mixing in a little little smaller smaller time. Folk. Hit the smaller one. Yeah. Hit them smaller ones. A little smaller folk. Hit them know? smaller folk. Y'all, y'all. Well, that's it for us, y'all. That's it for us, y'all. Yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, that's it for Miss Hits on Vinyl this week. Um, if uh, I, I should mention this, uh, I'm going to be here at CAX actually on Thursday headlining okay. the show here in Calgary. So if you want to come out and, and uh, cheer me on, that'd be awesome. Laugh, you know, do whatever you need to do in the audience. I don't really mm-hmm. give a fuck. Uh, if you want to, give us a good rating. Please do. Yeah. And then shit on us. We don't care. Just yeah. give us a good rating. Or we like it when we get DM. DM us. Yeah. All your your hatred towards the two of us. All your hatred, all of your music recommendations. Yes. A little bit of both. Uh, don't send me death threats, please. I don't like those. Uh, I'm not against them. I'm not, I'm not totally against them because yeah. I feel like most people actually won't do it. But yeah. there's always that one person that's not in the lame cult that might actually do it. I would send back life threats. See, you know, uh, uh, like, yeah. I'd be like, I hope you get that job. Yeah. <laughs> be like, I hope you have a kid. <laughs> I hope you get that promotion, buddy. He's like, kill yourself. Be like, I hope you, you know, I hope you find a wonderful woman and have a happy life. Hope you get that good mortgage rate. You know what? That's a that's a nice thing to say to these people. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm gonna have some tour dates to announce pretty soon here. Um, coming in the new year. Uh, it's going to be all over Western Canada. <laughs> You're going to be going on tour, too? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, okay. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we, will have, uh, we will have a live show pretty soon to announce, so we'll, uh, we'll announce that when we get that. That's news to me. All right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to make it. I was trying to add you into it. I was trying. Oh, man, I failed so hard. That's okay. That's news to me. Anyways, we'll see you on tour. We appreciate you listening. And... Anal contusions. <laughs>